Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Jennifer McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. Well, good morning. Welcome to church. So glad to see each and every one of your smiling faces. It is raining outside, but it is a party up in here. So yeah, thanks. Thank you. It's a great morning. Hey, I have just really, really loved the past couple of weeks of this Awaken series. I would just encourage you, if you call this church your home church and you missed either one of those services, that you would go back and listen to that on the podcast. I really believe it's foundational to who we are as a church, foundational to what we want for you, for what we want for you as believers. And as you walk through life, it is going to be the thing that, the very thing that will give you that cutting edge. Um, So listen to those. Hey, this week as I was studying, um, I heard a really great sermon example. And so I'm just gonna steal it. So if you've heard this before, it's just whatever, you know? This is not my own content. Uh, but have, did anybody ever play Super Mario Brothers growing up? Yeah, I had a Game Boy, and so I was always play. I got that for perfect attendance in the sixth grade, I think. I got a Game Boy. It was, that was so cool. I wore my little ice cream shirt and was playing my Game Boy. But Super Mario Brothers, if you haven't ever played it before, on each level, there are different power-ups that you can get. So you can get, you know, the, uh, like, the little mushrooms, right? Isn't that what they were? Now I'm forgetting what they were. Yeah, and you could like get bigger or you could get special things to give you an extra life or to like give you something for an upcoming challenge. And the whole reason was that Mario was on a mission to do what? Save the princess. Mario was on a mission to save the princess. And the analogy I heard was that that's that's kind of true to our lives as believers that we are on a mission that's not about us. That as we go through life and as we face uh, the little turtles that come at you and wanna get you, you are not doing life just because of you, but you're on a mission for the world. You're on a mission for people who don't know Him yet. And so as we talk about the Holy Spirit, that is a gift He has gifted us with special power-ups that the Holy Spirit has given you spiritual gifts to do something with, not just to like sit around and gather them all up in your little pocket and never do anything with them, but to reach a world that doesn't know Jesus. Thank you, Wes. Appreciate you. Um, In Acts 1.8, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I just wanna pray for us real quick. God, thank you for today. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you have been teaching us. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the gifts that you have placed in us. God, I just ask today that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you would communicate to us today. Lord, that you would use me as a vessel, 
God, that I just would be a vessel that your word would flow through, that it would minister to the hearts of the people that are here today, God. And I just ask that as we walk out today, that we would feel powered up to go forth and to do what you have called us to do in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, hey guys. So past couple weeks, we talked about the Holy Spirit. We learned that he's a person, right? And that he wants us to have a relationship with him. Does anybody remember that? That he's a person, right? And then we learned last week, somebody tell me, shout out. What did we learn last week? Just like there's a third what? Does anybody remember? A third baptism in the Holy Spirit. That's this experience that we can have that is available to all of us. And the Holy Spirit, the, the, the Holy Spirit has come upon us and he's clothed us with power. Even Jesus was clothed with the Holy Spirit's power. In Luke 4, 18 and 19, it says, the Spirit of the Lord, this is Jesus speaking, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So if Jesus is demonstrating this for us, do you think it's important? Thank you. Yes, it is. It's important. I, I, I'm, sometimes I'm like a teacher. So like you can talk back to me and I don't have to have like amens, but you can be like, oh yeah, that's, oh yeah, true. Yeah, that's good. Uh, but he has clothed us with power. So Jesus was clothed with power because he always intended as a believer for us to be clothed with the Holy Spirit's power. And as we learned about last week that he said, I want you to go into all the world, but first I need you to do what? I need you to wait until you are immersed, until you are clothed with the Holy Spirit and his power, because that is what you're going to need to do the Great Commission. That's what you need to go out into all the world. You need the Holy Spirit. And so today, as we talk more about the Holy Spirit and the gifts, we're going to talk about spiritual gifts today. And maybe the past couple of weeks, as we've talked about the Holy Spirit, it has like rubbed you in a little bit of a wrong way. You're like, oh, I don't know about that. I'm not sure if I agree with that. You know, the Holy Spirit, and, and as we talk about spiritual gifts, there are things that are the mystery of God and that are bigger than what our finite mind can comprehend. And I don't know about you, but I want to serve a God who is bigger than what my little brain can comprehend. And so as we talk more about that today, don't allow what your mind might say, oh no, stop. I don't want to, uh, ew, that makes me feel uncomfortable. Uh, I don't know about that. Don't allow your mind to keep you from learning more about what God has for you. And I would just challenge you too, if you're one of those people that say like, oh, that's not for me, that the very thing that you're probably drawn to here, the very thing that you're like, when you walk in, you're like, I like this place, it feels good, is the Holy Spirit and his gifts operating in the people that are a part of this church because we're a, we are a church, if you didn't know that, so now you're getting to know that. We're a church that believes in the Holy Spirit. We're a church that believes in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and his gifts that he will give you. 
because we know there is more to our relationship with God than than just the status quo. I don't want the status quo. Do you guys want the status quo in your life? I want more. I want power. I want everything that he has for me. And we are a church that believes in that. And we want to learn how he can empower us. And that's what we're going to talk about today, that we've been given through this immersion of the Holy Spirit, a power up to do something. If you don't know this, we have a mission as a church to reach people far from Christ so that they will become what? Does anybody know? Fully alive in Him. And so we have been given gifts through the Holy Spirit, not for us, not to come and sit and soak up. And if it's your first time here today, I'm so glad you're here. And you sit and soak up and you don't have to, you know, just don't feel any pressure. But if this is your church home and if you call this place your home, the Holy Spirit has gifted you with gifts, not for you, but for the world. And I just want to be a church that we would be so filled up, that we would be so like understanding of our gifts that we couldn't go a day without telling someone about Jesus. That there would never be, when you come on a Sunday morning, an empty seat next to you, not because we want to fill these seats up for our good, but because you care about those that are in your life that are lost and dying. That there is a very real world that is hurting, and you have been given gifts to reach those very people. And we didn't move to this city. And if you call this church home, you didn't join this church just to sit and do nothing. And so the Holy Spirit wants to empower us. He wants to give us gifts to do supernatural things in the world and not for us, but so that his name would be made famous. So we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 12 today. We're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit 1 Corinthians 12.1 says this, and, it, and we've had some technical difficulties, so if it's not there, you can just write these scriptures down and you can find them somewhere. 1 Corinthians 12.1 says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. So Paul is writing to the Corinthians here, and if you don't know much about the early Corinthian church, they were a former pagan culture, So they had a lot of like little G gods that they served. They did a lot of crazy like partying. They were um, operated in maybe some like spooky seer kind of things. And what Paul is writing to the Corinthians is he wants them to be aware that there is a difference between pagan power and Holy Spirit power. And these gifts that he is mentioning or talking about in 1 Corinthians 12 are gifts that come to us through the Holy Spirit. And so what he's saying here is be aware. Like if there's a gift, if you see someone doing something and they're trying to make their own name famous, they're trying to like distract, that it's not about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's gifts will always point back to Jesus. And so in 1 Corinthians 12, I think there's a few things that we can pull out today that as we grow in more understanding of who he is and what gifts he wants to give us. The first thing, if you're writing this down, and if you're not writing this down, you should write it down. The first thing is his gifts are for everyone. 
The gifts of the Spirit, so the Holy Spirit gives us gifts, and they're for everyone. That like, if you give your life to Jesus today, he has a gift for you. It's for you. It's not just for me. It's not just for Sean. It's not just for the spiritually elite. It's not just for those who work at a church, but his gifts are for everyone. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. We've said this around here before, and maybe you've heard it, and maybe you haven't, but recent statistics say that over 80% of believers, so they um, you know, research and they ask surveys of people that go to church, over 80% of believers don't know what their spiritual gifts are. They don't know how God has gifted them. They don't know how God has wired them. And so it's no wonder that there are churches that are dead and lifeless. And there are no, it's no wonder that when we walk out around in public that signs and wonders are not happening. Because if we don't know what's in our arsenal, how can we do anything about it? Imagine if you are, um, uh, you, if you're a zombie fan, I don't know. Imagine if you're in the zombie apocalypse and there's zombies coming at you from every side and there's a whole arsenal under your feet, but you don't know it. And so you don't use them. And uh, you know what happens next? But here at LifePoint, we want you to know that you have an arsenal of gifts that the Holy Spirit has given you gifts to use for him, for his kingdom. And we want you to discover them. And it's not wrong to desire that. Maybe somewhere someone has told you that it is wrong to desire something of the Spirit. It is wrong to desire a spiritual gift. We'll read a scripture here in a little bit that this like blows that in the face. It's not. It's not wrong. You can desire what God has gifted you. So Paul was writing in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 because there were some gifts that were going rampant. They weren't pointing back to Jesus. So again, if you're seeing someone operating in something and it's not ultimately leading people to Jesus, then it's not the Holy Spirit. I think it's interesting. He's teaching about that in 12. And then in 14, he goes on and he says, so he In 12, he talks about some of the gifts. And then in 14, he says what the gifts are for. And so the gifts are for the edifying of the believer and the expansion of the kingdom of God. So if anyone is operating in a gift, it's for a purpose. It's not for them. When you look at the original Greek term for spiritual gifts, there's really something interesting. So charismata is generally translated as gift, but it's derived from the word charis which means grace. And if, if you're like a Greek scholar in here and I'm saying that wrong, the word wrong, I'm sorry, I tried. Um, but it, it means grace. So you could actually say that term might be better translated as a concrete expression of grace or a gracious bestowment. So you've been graciously given spiritual gifts for a reason, not for yourself but to expand the kingdom and edify the believer. And so as you grow in this, and I want you to, and we're gonna have some tools and resources for you, but as you grow in the knowledge of your gifts and spiritual gifts, don't get into the ditch of thinking that it's about you and then it's about to make me feel good. Sometimes this is where you will see um, there's been some movements where people 
operate in spiritual gifts because they want to like feel good and they want to make fun church services and they want it to be, ooh, this is, let's just soak and there's nothing wrong with that. But spiritual gifts aren't given to us. They have been graciously bestowed upon us for a reason, not about us. So it's interesting because in 12, he's talking about what these spiritual gifts are. In 14, he says what the reason we have them, but it right up and smacked up in the middle of it is 1 Corinthians 13. Does anybody know what 13 is about? Love. I think it's really interesting as he's talking about spiritual gifts right in the middle, he mentions love. And I think it's love our love for our neighbor, our love for our family, our love for the people that are in our lives that will cause us to operate in what the gifts of the Spirit want to do through you. 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. The second thing you need to know today as we talk about this, that His gifts to you, his spiritual gifts to you are borrowed. That once God enables you, once he has gifted you in something and he allows you to operate in it, you don't get to choose how and when it happens. 1 Corinthians 12, 11, it is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do, here we see it again, everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ, all glory and power to him forever and ever. And so as you grow in this, and I think you're going to, that's what I really, we believe for this church, like that you are going to have a butter, better understanding, not a butter understanding, although butter is really good and a butter understanding would also be good, but a better understanding, a better understanding of your spiritual gifts, it can get easy to be distracted and think, oh, that's because like, I'm just good. And yeah, uh, you know, that's, that's my personality. And, and so I did that. But did you know that like God made you with your personality that you didn't do that? That like you didn't make yourself who you are, but God did that and he knitted you together uniquely for a purpose And so when we know that it comes from him, that we didn't do, that it comes from him, then we can trust and know that the source of that gift is powerful because the source is not us, but the source is him. He is the owner of the gifts. It's kind of like Thor. Does anybody like Thor? Thor has a hammer and it's really powerful and it has some kind of magic source. I don't know where it comes from. Somebody could probably tell me that. But when we operate in a spiritual gift, we are wielding a weapon that doesn't come from our power, but it comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. So as you operate, he owns the gift. And we have a part to play in this as well. We have to submit our flesh. We have to say, okay, like sometimes it's uncomfortable. I'll submit to you, God. I'll allow you to move and flow through me. And when we do that, 
And when we submit to what he wants, then he will bring about moments where you can be supernaturally used. You could say this, that spiritual gifts, we don't use them, but they use us. And we could become a conduit for the Holy Spirit to reveal himself to others because again, it's about others. It's about expanding the kingdom and edifying the believer that the gifts should point back to Jesus. And so as we become a conduit, as we become a vessel for the Holy Spirit to flow through, they can point people back to Jesus. So they're available to everyone. His gifts are for everyone. They're not yours to own. The source is from him. And the third thing is, if you're writing this down, his gifts are unique and they work most powerfully in unity. That everyone will function because of your unique personality, because of how God has naturally wired you, you will operate in a unique way. Thank you, God, for that. It's beautiful. Some of the gifts, we'll talk a lot about them. Some of the gifts you may never use. And some you'll only use once. First Corinthians 12, four through six says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of ministries, but the same Lord. See, these are all different expressions of gifts. So some people are gifted to work with children. Some people are gifted to smile at people. Some people are gifted to lead worship. But there are varieties of gifts and there are varieties of effects. There should be some fruit from your gifts. Um, and But the same God works all things in all persons. So they are unique and they work best when we work in unity together. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 13. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. And we can't operate as one member. And so I don't know if anyone has ever told you this, but you are needed. In the kingdom of God, you are needed. God needs you. He needs you, Gary. He needs you exactly like he has wired you and created you to be. He needs you. And not only does the kingdom, the broader kingdom of God need you, but we need you. If you call this place your home, we need you. We need your gifts. Because when they all work together, it's a beautiful harmony of what God has. The kingdom of God needs you to operate in your unique gifting and calling. So don't look down on anyone else and don't look down on yourself. So we're gonna spend just a few minutes looking at some of the gifts. Just so you know, there are about 19 spiritual gifts listed in the Bible. Um, I don't think that, and, and I don't see anywhere that Paul says these are the only 19 gifts that the Holy Spirit could ever give, but there are 19 that are listed in the Bible. Um, today, as you leave, you'll be able to get a sheet of paper that will have spiritual gifts listed on it with scripture references and a spiritual gifts assessment. I would love if each and every one of you would take that with you today so that you can dig into a little bit more of who God has created you and wired you to be. But we're gonna look at seven today. So there's nine that are listed in 1 Corinthians 12. We're gonna examine seven of those briefly. And then Sean's gonna talk about two more of those next week. 
So let's read 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. Are we getting? No, we don't have any scriptures. I'm sorry, guys. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. And everybody just went, So there are three sets that are mentioned here. Uh, Some of these are only mentioned once or twice in the Bible. And so what you have to do, and this is why last week, Pastor Sean said, don't just take my word for it, okay? Don't go to Google and take Google's word for it. Open up this right here. This is the word of God. Open this up and take his word for it. So as we see some of these spiritual gifts that are mentioned, maybe they're mentioned only once or twice. What you have to do is open this and see where Jesus operates and see how you see the men and women of God operating in spiritual gifts. And that's where you take your context clues. So the first set, if you're taking notes, is the discerning gifts. Um, And the first one is the word of wisdom. Wisdom is, um, it's in the moment knowing what to do, knowing what to say. Some of you operate in um, the business world. Maybe you lead a organization. You um, lead a department of people. You're going to need the gifts of the Spirit when it comes to the word of wisdom. There might be times you walk into a boardroom and there's a situation and something that has happened and you just have no clue how to handle it. You're gonna need in the moment the Holy Spirit to give you a word of wisdom that's beyond your experience, beyond your study, beyond what you should know. And let me tell you why God wants to do that through you, not only in the church, but in in your world. Because think about this. Let's say you lead a great corporation. James is a leader. He leads a lot of people. He's a great man. He walks into a meeting. He's got a word of wisdom. And people begin to see that in James. And they're like, man, James just always knows like the right thing to say at the right time. Like we just had this major chaotic thing. And it was just like calm came over him and he had the exact right thing to say. And you know what James can say in that moment? You know why? That's God in me. So God gifts us with this, not because of us, but to point people back to him. Again, it's really important to remember and know that these gifts that God has given you, especially when you think about words of wisdom and words of knowledge, sometimes people think, well, only like, like really like special believers get those and only people that have like been in church forever. No, I mean, he graciously bestowed them on us. And so it's not an indicator of your spiritual maturity or a reward for doing things, but it's what the Holy Spirit gives you, a word of wisdom. The second one in this first set is the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is when God is giving you insight to something that already is. It can be about maybe an individual. You see something that is happening in your lives. We see this in the life of Jesus when he is meeting with the woman at the well, and they're talking about living water. And he says, go and tell your husband, go and get your husband. And she's, she says, well, I don't have a husband. And he says, you're right. The man that you're with is not the husband. And the one that you had before, the several you had before him were not your husband. And he didn't do this at this moment, this 
word of knowledge that he spoke to her was not to humiliate her. It was not to condemn her. It was not to make her feel belittled, but it was to draw her to him. And so what did she do? She ran and got all these people. And she said, you got to come and see about this man who told me everything about me. And so maybe God will give you a word of knowledge for someone. It's not to condemn them. It's not to humiliate them. Maybe that's happened to you before. I want to again say that was not the Holy Spirit operating in their life. It did not, if it did not ultimately draw you to him, then it wasn't the Holy Spirit. Okay? It's to lead them, lovingly lead them back to Jesus. The last one in this first set is the discerning of spirits. So this is when you can have the, the divine ability to identify spirits behind the motivation of a person. So this is not like, ooh, I'm a seer and I can see there's a demon behind them. No, it's to discern the spirit behind someone. Because you see, our did you know that our human spirit can be subject to our own will? It can be subject to demonic influence and it can be subject to God's will. And so the spirit of discernment will help you. You can say in a moment when you're bringing someone into your life, you're, maybe you lead on a team here and you are bringing someone onto a team, you can say in a moment, like, Holy Spirit, like, give me the discernment to see what's the motivation behind this person. Are they trying to like make a name for themselves? Um, is there something behind them that I need to be aware of? This is helpful. This is helpful as parents. As you allow people into your children's lives, that you would discern what's behind the motivation of them. You know, a few years ago, several, several years ago, um, I feel like this is a gift that I operate a lot in. And I had a moment of discernment about someone. And um, we found out several years later some pretty awful things. And that person actually went to prison. And so like the Holy Spirit, I should have listened to myself. I should have listened to what the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. Again, not about me, not about making my name famous, but for the edifying of the believers, for the expansion of the kingdom and the edifying the believers. Maybe you've been around somebody before and you like, they say all the right things and they look the right way, but you just feel like, ugh, inside. Has anybody ever felt that before? Like you're just like, ugh, something's not right. That's the spirit of discernment operating in your life. So then there's the next set. So that was the, um, the, why did I just lose my mind? The discerning gifts. Wow. And the next set is the declarative gifts. This is the one that people get weird about and freaky. Uh, the first one is prophecy. 1 Corinthians 14, 3, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Many of you actually operate in this and you don't even know it. Like God has gifted us with this light to speak life into people. Like given us something to encourage and strengthen each other. Maybe you've just felt in your spirit sometime, I should go and tell that person that, like they're just doing a great job. And when they do this, I really love how like that happens and people are drawn to them. Like that's operating in prophecy. In fact, during worship, I had a picture of something and I just want to speak it over you. And I hope it doesn't embarrass you, Cameron. But I just felt like 
strength, there is strength that rests on you and in you. And I don't know if there has ever been a time when someone has tried to squash that strength, but I want you to know that there is strength that's emanating out of you. And the Holy Spirit wants to use that to engage and interact with everyone around you to draw people to him. So I just want to speak life over you. Was that weird? Did that creep you out? Did it creep you out? No. It's the gift of prophecy. So a word of encouragement for strengthening. So if someone has given you a word and it discouraged you, then that probably wasn't the Holy Spirit. It can also be when God gives you an understanding or a picture of the future. I don't think we have it. Can I get a, like, we do have it? We do have it. Uh, I want to let you guys hear a little clip real quick. I received an email early in the morning from a, from a dream teamer at our church. Her name is Lucy. It said, God woke me up this morning with a word for you. I called Lucy. She said, hey, God told me to read 1 Samuel chapter 1 and to read the story of Hannah. She said immediately, God spoke to me and said that he had shut your wife's womb, but he's heard her cry and heard her prayers and he's opened her womb and is gonna bless you with a son and you should name him Samuel. I'm like, is this lady crazy? It's like this weird feeling of, okay, is this, is this really God? Before we got off the phone, she said, hey, I'd like to come up to the church and pray for you. We just thank you, Heavenly Father, and God just heal her body completely. And Father, in your word, in the prayer from Hannah, Lord God, God is going to bless you with a child and that you are to call him Samuel. And so if you don't know the story behind that, uh, Sean and I um, struggled for many years with infertility and um, prayed and prayed for a baby, lost a few babies, and we moved to Virginia and a member of the dream team, there was about a thousand people on that dream team. She didn't know us, didn't know anything about our story, our past, our history. God gave her a word for us to strengthen and encourage us. She came up. So she operated in three gifts. She had a word, she had a prophecy over us. God gave her a word of knowledge about us, that God had shut my womb, that he was opening it, and the gift of healing and miracles. We got pregnant two weeks later, and Samuel is here today. So um, I'm going to actually, so there's a couple more we were going to talk about, but um, next week, come back. Uh, Sean is going to preach on um, tongues. That was mentioned in the scripture. I know that scares people. I just want you to know that like God has a word for you. Um, it's not something to be scared of. It's not something to be fearful of. I want you to be here, to be here in the house because I think God is going to do something really special and especially in the concept of fear, releasing fear over people's lives. There's a last set, the dynamic gifts, and that's faith and the gifts of healing and the working of miracles. And I want you to dig more into that on your own. You know, God wants to do miracles in your life. He wants to operate in faith and gifts of healing. We have someone in this church that just mentioned this weekend that a few weeks ago, someone prayed over them and they are healed. They have carpal tunnel in their wrists and they are healed. They have not had pain. They have not had to use their wrists. They have their wrist brace. They have not had to use medicine. They, they are healed. God wants to do that for us. And the reason why 
is so that we can point people back to Jesus. And you don't have to have the best argument. Even Paul said, I didn't come with wise and persuasive words, but a demonstration. And he said this so that the people's faith would not rest on Paul, but their faith would rest on God. And so the Holy Spirit, he just wants to gift each and every one of you so that we can reach the world, that you can reach those that are around you, that as he operates and he demonstrates things in you, that they would see power because the world needs to see something beyond the chaos. It's been a crazy week. In our world, it's been a crazy week. People need to see that there's something beyond what's right in front of them because it's all about others. The last point is his gifts are for others. Go back to 1 Corinthians 12, 7. It says a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. So God wants to empower you. He wants to use you. We don't want to use you. God wants to use you to do powerful, supernatural things like that you would wake up and you'd be like, oh my God, like that happened? Like this Lucy, like she gets to be a part of our story forever. Like we wanted a baby so bad and it wasn't happening. And God gave her a word and she spoke healing over us. And now we have living proof a walking, living proof of miracles in our lives. And He wants to do that for each of you. And so maybe you think, well, how do I do that practically? I wanna leave you with three things. The first thing is to desire it. Desire a spiritual gift. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives. There's nothing wrong with desiring a spiritual gift. The fact that that desire is inside of you could be the very indicator that that gift is already in you. The second thing is to recognize it. Proverbs 18, 16, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. You don't have to do it. You don't have to toot your own horn. You don't have to puff your chest up and say, look at me, look at me, look at me. But your gift will make room for itself and people will recognize it in you. And the third thing is to function in it. If you're actually functioning in it already, you probably have that spiritual gift. Some of us are functioning in a gift that we don't even realize we have. And I know that the Holy Spirit wants to strengthen those inside of you. He wants to strengthen the gifts that are already operating inside each and every one of you. Hebrews 5.14 says, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So just like you can practice anything else, you can practice a spiritual gift. And I know God wants to do that in each and every one of your lives. And so as you leave today, I wanna encourage you to pick up those sheets We wouldn't be doing this series if we didn't feel that there was a reason why the people that come to this church need it. And I'm just telling you that there are people in your lives that need the gift that God has placed in you, in each of you, that you weren't designed. God didn't design you to just come to know Him and then never do anything about it. 
He doesn't want you to just come in and sit, come in and sit and never, ever tell anyone about Him. He has so much more for you and your relationship with Him. God wants so much. And so I'm gonna pray over you and I just wanna encourage you today as, we, as you leave, that you would just begin to desire. You would begin to ask God, what are the gifts that you've placed in me? And how can I operate in them? So God, today, I just thank you for this church. God, I thank you for, if there is a person in here today that hasn't met you, God, I ask that right now in this moment that they would just, um, that they would know that they can come into a relationship with you in the minute that they have a relationship with you, God, that you have placed spiritual gifts inside of them and you want to use them to operate in the kingdom, that they have purpose. Lord, I just, right now, I feel like that there's some people in this room that have lost their purpose, that have maybe felt like, I don't know what this Christian life is all about. I don't know why I'm doing this. Why do I keep getting up and doing the same thing? I don't see anything from it. I don't feel anything from it. And so today, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would allow a new and fresh and divine purpose to rest on everyone in this room, that as they walk out, Holy Spirit, that you would grant them eyes to see that they would see how you want to operate in them. Lord, we pray over this church that supernatural signs and wonders would flow, that it wouldn't be about us, God, but it would be about you. Lord, I speak life and miracles over this room. Miracles would flow out of here, God. In this moment, I just pray, Lord, if there's someone here that needs a miracle, God, that it would be done, that we would be a church, God, where miracles can happen. I know I have living proof of your miracle working power. And so I pray right now in the name of Jesus, miracles would break forth. And God, that as we begin to operate more and more in what you have called us to, God, that we would draw people to you. Holy Spirit, you would draw us and those around us to you. And God, we thank you for it. It's in your precious, mighty name, the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.